the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins, uh, he has served as a U.S. Representative for Georgia's 9th Congressional District since 2013. And uh, this is a guy who's no stranger to the faith either because... Not only an attorney and a public servant, but a practicing military chaplain. Let's welcome Congressman Doug Collins to the Mike Gallagher Show. Or should I call you Governor Collins? <laughs> Mike, it's just Doug right now. We're doing good right now. <laughs> Look, you you hit on something right. I mean, I want to talk about it. Just, just jump right into this. You, sure. Raphael Warnock is not even mainstream for his own, you know, seemingly for his own faith and congregational beliefs and not for Georgia. And to say things like that, Jeff, that's a, you're right. That's a big deal in Georgia. And we just got to make sure people understand he's not who his puppy ads say he is. Incidentally, the reason I called you George, uh, governor is that uh, in Valdosta Saturday night, the president <laughs> saw you there and he said, hey, because uh, he's not very happy with Governor Brian Kemp, Congressman. And he said, hey, uh, hey, Doug Collins, you make a good looking governor in two years. Yeah, the, the president's a good friend. He he stated that the other night. But like I said, for us right now, all political decisions, all my political thoughts are right now on uh, not only finishing out uh, what we're doing uh, with this, but this election is the political domination in Georgia because sure. it is the country right now. So for me, my focus is on making sure David Perdue and Kelly Leffler get elected and that people turn out to vote. Mike, I cannot emphasize that enough. If the Republicans, like the president said Saturday night, if they don't turn out to vote, the socialists win. And, you know, I, I want to go back to Raphael Warnock's really radical uh, rhetoric over the years. But before we do that, as I know you know, Congressman, all we hear, all I hear from my listeners, not only here in Georgia and the 17 affiliates we have all throughout the state, uh, but all throughout the country, people are almost apoplectic about election integrity and, the, and, the, and what many believe to be a fraudulent election I have to ask you, as somebody who knows Georgia, you know the lay of the land as well as anybody in the world. Uh, um, what do we tell people? What do you tell people who are worried about the legitimacy of the Senate runoffs? Are are is there going to is there be is there oversight? Is there accountability? Are are they going to be able to cheat their way into putting a couple of radicals like Ossoff and Warnock into the Senate? Well, number one, no, not if our conservatives show up. But I also will say this. Look, I've been focusing this for the president at his request, looking at the, you know, the original pan recount, which we asked for. And look, we found over 10,000, almost 10,000 ballots, I believe it was. There's 3,000 votes for the president that were never even counted. Right. Uh, we found places in which there was no oversight. There was no observers. These are things that uh, now, as I've been telling folks over and over, we're in the middle of this cycle. We've got to get this stuff fixed. I would love to see the signature verification. The Secretary of State decided he don't want to do that. For whatever reason, lieutenant governor and governor won't pressure. You know, they've talked about it, but they don't do anything about that side. So the signature verification is something that is important. But let me remind people, before November 3rd, we were talking about it, we were watching it. But now since then, 
for the January 5th election. I believe sunshine is the greatest disinfectant. And I've been talking about it. Others have been talking about it. The president himself the other night said, look, we're going to have people watching this. I think the governor could actually appropriate some funds, make sure that there are more ballot observers watching these drop boxes and do things like that. But also these county election officials have been put on notice. You can't just do whatever you want to do with these signatures on these absentee ballots. You need to make sure that you have some way of actually guaranteeing that who signed that is the actual the registered voter, that folks who are dead are not voting, folks who have not moved out of county and moved the registration. Those are things that matter. And I believe by shining this light, you're doing a great job of that and others, that that will help us make sure that when our voters turn out, we will overwhelm those who want to do nefarious acts and, and if they try to in the next election. I saw your colleague from Ohio, Congressman Jim Jordan, on TV last night wondering why Governor Brian Kemp won't let the signature ballots be verified. Why won't they ch- why won't they let the signatures be be checked? I mean, between the between the secretary of state a Republican, the governor here, a Republican. Congressman Collins, I know you know this, but people are saying, what's wrong with these Republican leaders here in Georgia? Do you have a theory about why they're putting up resistance to, to this kind of transparency? Well, I, it's, I don't know. The governor actually called as well. We called for it a long time ago. The governor joined that call for signature verification. The, the Secretary of State, he tries to use several excuses. And look, he'll have to answer for that uh, with the voters, as he said he would. But that is that, you know, it isn't going to change anything or it's not going to do that. Look, it changes the people's minds who believe that there was problems in this election. And help right. people understand that if we do the signature verification, then we know, does it match or does it not? Now, he was the one that also, along with the attorney general and the governor's office, signed this consent decree that many of us believe. Now, the secretary of state disagrees with this. I don't, and many election attorneys do not. They believe it actually weakened our standing on these signature verifications, where it made it only have to apply to one signature that is on file within the Secretary of State's office, meaning that someone who signed the application and someone who signed the ballot, that could be your one signature match. Now, they may not want to highlight and focus on how bad this could actually be if somebody wanted to be nefarious in this process. Maybe that's why they're not wanting to do it. But for the just the general public out there to say, why would we not do this? It's a simple understanding of that's why we ask for the hand recount. That's why we ask for these things is to assure people that their vote actually counted, that legal votes count and that illegal votes do not. So for me, the signature verification would be something to take on. But I will say this across the country. We've been able to see this in many other states. The one thing is we're going to make sure this election on January 5th is good here in Georgia. And we reelect David Perdue and Kelly Leffer. But after that, there has to be a movement, not uh, that it actually goes for fair and honest elections in which we have good verification, we have a, a secure election, and I'm going to be talking more about that in the weeks to come. Stacey Abrams has had too much time on the line to talk about voter suppression and registering voters and weakening standards. It's time for someone on the right, like myself and others, to stand up and say, no, here's how you actually should do elections, and we're going to be pushing for that. Congressman Doug Collins is with us here on the Mike Gallagher Show in the ReliefFactor.com studios as we broadcast this week a special broadcast from Atlanta. Congressman, let's listen to uh, Raphael Warnock. I think it was the Reagan Battalion or somebody online that found a video clip. Here's what, what, what Warnock said from the pulpit back in 2014. I love this pope. He said, well, I'm not a Marxist, but I know a few Marxists, and they're pretty good people. So hard to discover and to hear an authentic vision and voice of authentic spirituality that gives voice to the least of these. And when it shows up, people describe it as some strange ideology rather than the vision of that poor Palestinian prophet who said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The vision of that poor Palestinian prophet. Congressman, I really, truly believe that 
anyone has the right to worship or or believe the way they want to believe. But, but let's face it, this is a guy who wants to be, uh, who wants Georgia voters to elect him a United States senator. Yeah, well, that was concerning, and especially from a theological perspective. Uh, look, I get the rhetorical rhetoric and flourish of a pulpit. I've been there for 11 years. I've been a chaplain in the Air Force, served in Iraq. I, I get the, the flourish of a pulpit. But what's problematic there is what he said. Notice, he didn't say scripturally, this is it. He said spirituality. He didn't talk about religion. He talked about this spirituality, you know, rounding around. But he also talked about helping others. Well, I agree with him. Matthew 25 says that we're out to, to help those that are poor. But what he did not say was, and where he would not go even the other night was, is that the Marxists and socialist regimes are oppressive regimes that kill those who don't agree with him. And if he's trying to say that Jesus was one who would kill those who didn't agree with him, then I got a problem with that yeah. because that's what Marxists and socialist regimes do. They have to keep people forced in. Jesus gives us a call. He says, you come unto me, ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He did not say, if you don't come to me, then I'm then then I'm forcing you to. He says, it's a free will choice. Marxists and socialists don't give free will choices. That's the problem I have with that kind of uh, spiritual rhetoric, as he calls it. Why don't we get back to scriptural rhetoric, which says that we are to love our neighbors, that we are to do those things, that we're all called to give Christ's call of love. And that's how we do this. We call them in by love. Christ also, the scripture also tells us this. He said that they will know us by our love. They will know us by our love. That's how we go out. Love does not mean you compromise on truth. It does not mean you compromise on integrity. It means that you love as Christ loved us. And that's what we've got to be about. Not a Marxist socialist regime, which just gives people things and then forces them to actually uh, conform. Well, a huge reason that President Trump was elected uh, the first time was the courts, the, the, the Supreme Court. One of the big takeaways from the debate with Kelly Leffler Sunday night was Raphael Warnock essentially admitting that, that, that he would want to pack the court uh, when he wouldn't answer the question. And they asked him twice, and he said, well, I'm not really, finally, he said, I'm not really focused on that. What a, what a, what a, what a load of malarkey. Of course he knows about what it means to add justices to the Supreme Court, a radical transformation of the Supreme Court. It, were you as uh, uh, sort of uh, amazed at, at, at Warnock's refusal to answer that question at the debate Sunday? No, I was exactly what I thought he did. This is why people get frustrated with politics. That was a consultant-driven, scripted answer. And this is not him. I mean, look, to think he's not thought about it or it's not on his mind is just wrong. It's been right. in everybody's mind. Here's his problem. His consultants told him this is his problem. You're in Georgia. This is not New York. This is not California. You can't say that you want to go pack the court and keep the moderate Democrats or those Republicans who may think about you because you have cute little ads running right now. These are what he's saying is you can't say that, but you also can't say that you're not because the progressives are unforgiving. If he was to say, I have no interest in packing the court, the progressives would come after him. So he was trying to walk that uh, that fence post. And I want to say this. I'm a country kid who's walked many a fence post in my time and climbed over many fence posts. <laughs> you know, it's OK when you're walking it, but when you get caught and you fall, it hurts. And I think the problem is when you try to walk a tight walk like that, people see right through it just like you did and everybody else did. They know that he's trying to hide his liberal agenda, and that was the perfect opportunity the other night for people to see it. Congressman Doug Collins, when people all over the country ask me, is is Georgia going to be all right? Are we going to have a, a, fear, a, a fair election in these runoffs in Georgia and beyond? You know what? I, I you, You're a reminder that I say Doug Collins is in the fight, and I'm grateful for, for, for your battle, and I'm grateful for for what you're doing on behalf of the citizens of Georgia. Please keep fighting the good fight. We need you. We need you, Congressman. We got to win this thing. We got we got to get uh, we got we, Purdue and Leffler have to win and we got to we've got to focus on election transparency and election integrity going forth. And I know that you're right in the middle of that and you're in the thick of it and I'm grateful you are. 
Well, thanks, Mike. And believe me, you'll be hearing more from me about this election integrity and all, how we as Republicans across the country have got to do a better fight. I'll be calling on you later. We're going to be talking a lot about that. I look forward to it. Thanks, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, and uh, Merry thanks, Christmas buddy. to you and your family. Merry all Christmas. the best. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Operation Warp Speed, the Trump administration's aggressive program pushing for a vaccine for COVID-19 is on the cusp of success. We know the vaccines work and without serious side effects. Now, everyone's got to get it. We need 70 to 80 percent of America vaccinated to have herd immunity in the country. Operation Warp Speed is a triumph of science and logistics without parallel. It may be the greatest achievement of the Trump administration. President Trump gets credit for the Abraham Accords which have changed the face of the Middle East. He gets credit for the American awakening to the threat from the Chinese Communist Party. He gets credit for three Supreme Court justices and 54 appeals court judges. He gets credit for the greatest economic recovery in history, and he gets credit for massive deregulation. But Operation Warp Speed is probably Trump's greatest achievement. It's reasonable to hope and believe that by March we'll be at herd immunity in the United States. It's great news for a pandemic-weary nation and world. I'm Hugh Hewitt publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.